to the Less Stressed Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 151. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. My head's a little stopped up. Sorry if I sound nasally. Yes. It's kind of that transition between the seasons and all that that goes along with it. I want to say thank you to everyone out there listening. I hope you're having a great day as our kids are running on the upstairs above us. (laughs) So it's not a herd of elephants. Not a herd of elephants. So today we are, our today's topic is looking at self sabotage. Hmm. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. Ready, set. Yes. So I've been taking a professional development course and realized that if I want to hit the next level in my health and wellness business, I have to do some things differently. But the problem is I've just had this resistance. Like I know if I do these things that my business will be more more successful, but I still like am having a hard time convincing myself to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking about this self sabotage. Just to, if you never heard of heard of it before, it's definitely a real thing. So you can research it more. Um, but I think I think it's just to be, it's it's a slice of the pie that you need to address. Um, I kind of like the um, the imposter syndrome, right. where it's like you have to kind of address it in your heart, in your mind, and be like, oh, that's what I'm bumping up against. Right. Because if you don't identify it and name it, I think it becomes harder and harder mm-hmm. to, to work around. Okay, so here are a couple of stories I found on the BBC. There's all kinds of stories about procrastination. Um, here's a lady who wrote in to the, the BBC. They're asking for people to tell, tell them about how they procrastinated. And so procrastination is a form of self-sabotage uh but this person i mean we all have some stories like this probably this lady says i started decorating the bathroom in 2000 when i moved into this house uh the tins of paint or we would call them paint cans are still on display 12 years later and the work awaits (laughs) completion i still haven't decided what color towels i'm having (laughs) Uh, here we go. This is this is our redneck neighborhood right here. Um, not really, but uh, here's Polly. She says, I'm still getting around to putting the uh, fiber optic Christmas tree away from last December, and now it's nearly September. As I got past the halfway mark of this year, June, I decided I might as well leave it because... Uh, a, it's nearly Christmas again anyway, and B, I quite like the effect of the lights, and C, what's wrong with having a little Christmas tree th- throughout the year anyway, and D, I really can't be bothered to fiddle around putting it in and out of the loft every year. So those are some uh, procrastination um, things, uh, and that kind of gives an intro to what else we're talking about. So I think the big deal with procrastination if we're just going to really, really, or any kind of self-sabotage, if we boil it down, it's that we have beliefs that control our behavior. And so sometimes those beliefs aren't 100% accurate. And so that's what we're going to look at um, a couple different things, kind of some myths that maybe you have believed and they're contributing 
to ways that you are sabotaging your own success in different areas. So the first one is just to look at, I don't, this has just come up multiple times for me, is learning new things. Like sometimes it's like my brain is telling me that I'm just too old to learn something new. Um, And so when I did a little bit more searching on that, I actually found a great article um, from the website Daring to Live Fully. But she talks about that they've actually, because when I grew up, I was always taught that you have a certain number of brain cells and if you damage them, then they're just gone. So it's pretty much like, downhill after you hit like 25 or something right so now there's this whole new form of science that's talking about neuroplasticity that adults can actually grow new brain cells that we can form new pathways in our brain so that whole idea that I'm too old to learn just gets totally thrown out the window Um, another thing in the same article was she was talking about that actually Everything is learnable. We just have to learn the meta skill of how to learn. It has a lot less to do with someone's IQ, but rather are they practicing it effectively? Were they taught it in a very clear manner and that kind of thing? So it kind of opens up a whole new world of this is something I can do. I may have to practice longer than someone who started doing it 10 years ago or someone whose family always did this kind of thing. But all of these opportunities are available to me. So even in a practical sense, like doing some sales things that make me uncomfortable. Well, if I just practice them enough, I'm going to get better at them. So I don't have to worry that I wasn't born a genius in that area. I remember I was about, I was trying to think, I was about 22 or 23 years old. And a guy I knew, he had four kids. His name was Jeff. And Jeff looked at me one day and he was like, what do you do all day? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I could tell him. I was like, I did this and I did this. And he just looked at me and kind of shook his head. And now with six kids and a wife, I understand what Jeff was talking about. (laughs) Because you just don't get to do the things that you want to do necessarily. You know what I mean? Like just fixing a meal, fixing whatever. It takes... with six kids, sometimes it just takes a long time to just get the laundry where it's supposed to go, you know? So I think with that in mind, especially as me as Enneagram 5, I'm like, yes, I could learn this, but it's going to take so much energy and it's going to take so much time. And I think that that has to be part of the equation, but you can't let that just block you from growth. You you know what I mean? Like it, it has to, you have to take in account uh, your... Um, out of bounds time and out of bounds energy, how much bandwidth you actually have. Um, and then, and then navigate your schedule, um, according to, but I remember Jeff just looking at me, I remember his face, like, what did you, what have you done all day? (laughs) Well, and that kind of brings us to the next point. So basically you, we have to make a decision. Are we going to have a fixed mindset or are we going to have a growth mindset? And so this The two different belief systems go back to a researcher at Stanford University, Carol Dweck. And she basically said, actually, I'm just going to quote it so that I don't mix it up. She says, in a fixed mindset, students believe their basic abilities, their intelligence, their talents are just fixed traits. They have a certain amount, and that's that. 
and then their goal becomes to look smart all the time and never look dumb. In a growth mindset, students understand that their talents and abilities can be developed through effort, good teaching, and persistence. They don't necessarily think that everyone's the same or that anyone can be an Einstein, but they believe that everyone can get smarter if they work at it. I think one of the keys as you read that that stood out to me because I just read that earlier, um, but a fixed mindset student. Um, I feel like you have to keep that learning my uh, attitude with you everywhere. It's almost like we should add on student to every title. I'm a marketing student, <laughs> even though you're maybe a market, maybe you're in a marketing business, or I'm a teacher slash student, right? I'm a father slash student. Because it's like you, you have to keep that, I'm learning, I don't know it all. And I think that's, that's part of our problem, our specialist society, is you're, you're trained and you're taught that, you, well, that person's a specialist about this or that. And therefore, it's like you can't go into those areas unless you're one of those people. Um, right, which I think that's the value of being a lifelong learner. If you identify with being a lifelong learner, then of course you're going to be picking up new things. You're going to be trying new things, growing in new ways. Um, and I think the key for a lot of us is going to be to do what we call easy plus one. So instead of trying to make a huge change, you know, just like you were saying, in a busy life with kids and a profession and a spouse and all that kind of thing, making very small changes, adding in new habits in order to see results down the road. And so here's some practical things. I want want to get like really concrete. Like all of us, we have these like etched in stone, like the Ten Commandments are etched in stone. Like we all have these really etched in stone beliefs about ourselves. Like for example, so a person might say, I'm just not good at math. And no matter what you do, no matter what you teach them, I, I can tell you people, that that I've encountered when I say, hey, maybe look at this, and then they immediately say, well, I'm not good at whatever it is I just talked about. They're like, well, I just can't. I'm not very good at that. Like, I'm not very good at math. Like, it's really hard for me to lose weight. Like, there's people we know who say that all the time, and it's like it's like you're you're just building up this wall that you just can't do well. Like, I'm not a creative person. Like, I am not a good writer. I am not a good athlete. So, do you know anybody who said that before? <laughs> yes, I'm listening. Yeah. So, part of it was self-sabotage. If you bump up anywhere near that in life, or you're trying to explain why you failed or why something didn't go right, a lot of times you will tell yourself that story. Oh, well, I'm just not good at math. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like You just tell yourself, I'm just not good at this thing. And, you know, I think it's important that we acknowledge that came, that's a learned behavior because a lot of times, especially in our traditional school system, if you answer something incorrectly, then you have failed. And so in order to avoid all of the feelings of failure, people don't attempt it. They just say, oh, I can't do that. That's not my thing, um, which may temporarily save them from being uncomfortable because like I have believed that that I'm just not very athletic and recently I've been going out and I've been giving it 110 at my own little level of running and 
doing some exercises and that kind of thing. Um, And maybe sometimes I just look goofy and people might laugh. But in the long term, because I've put myself out there, I'm going to end up in just a much more full, enjoyable place than if I just stay in that box of, oh, I can't try that because I might look silly. Right. So I'm going to read, I think I'm going to read this story because I really liked it. This is from one of James Clear. We've talked about him before. It's one of our articles that he has on his site. Um, And he talks about this woman who was not a runner at all, but she basically made her goal is just, I'm not going to quit. That's the only rule she had. So here's her story. Her name's Leah. Um, She started running about a year ago. And she said, I started running a year ago. I didn't entirely start from scratch. In the past, I had jogged every once in a while, maybe once a month. My first run was just two miles at 12 minutes per mile. That's pretty slow. However, for a non-athlete, I felt fairly good about it. I jogged a couple more times that week. After a couple of weeks of regular jogging, I set a goal for myself. I knew I would never be fast enough to impress anybody, so it didn't make sense to make speed my goal. I could have picked a race to train for, like a 5K or a half miler, um, but I knew those. I knew how those ended. Everyone seems to quit running uh, right after their big race. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to not quit. My goal involved not going too long between runs. If I skipped more than a couple of days, wouldn't that be quitting? So I started running four and five days a week. The, the longest I went between runs was three days when I was in when I was on vacation. So anyway, she talks about, um, she basically, she says, uh, my goal made all the difference. I was still slow, but I could at least feel good that I was running a lot. I have good days where I could run fast and feel great, but also had lots of bad days where I was tired and just didn't feel like running. In retrospect, those days were almost better than the good days because they reinforced my goal. I didn't quit. So she goes on, she runs a 5K in a fairy suit or something uh, for Halloween. It was a Halloween race. And basically, she is to the point now she's ready to run a marathon, which is pretty impressive. But her goal wasn't just like, I'm going to do an event. Her goal was simply like, I'm not going to quit. And I think if we can if we can get that around whatever our topic is, we're going to l- less likely to self-sabotage uh, ourselves. Absolutely. So I think if there's an area that you're bumping up into resistance, um, then starting to ask some new questions, not asking, can I do this or can I not do this as if it is a fixed or concrete thing, but asking questions like, what small habit can I start now to become the type of person who gets the results I want? So just like she wasn't focused on the event, but she was focused on running often because people who run often can do events kind of thing. So even looking at, you know, with the original example I shared at the beginning, having trouble making some reaching out to people, you know, not entirely cold calling, but kind of feeling like that, which I've always had resistance to. Well, who does cold calling really well? People who do it a lot. So what habit can I make? Well, if I make two calls every day, then I'll grow into a person who makes a lot of calls. And the people who make a lot of calls have a lot of success with a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this on our walk this morning, which is part of the reason why we're doing this as a podcast. It's for ourselves. It's for our own self. It's not for you all. But I hope you get something out of it. But we're 
I just ask you the question, what's the story that you have in your head related to this roadblock, um, self-sabotage kind of thing? Like, cause I feel like what I've learned is that the story in my head is just as important as the action that's getting done or not getting done. And so we talk through that. It's just like, what is the belief? What is the story? Is that a true story? How can you change the story in your head? Um, because you were talking about, you felt like you were just going to be pushy or you were, I don't remember what all we talked about, just some different things on that. When you had to do those kind of, um, not sales, but kind of like that. We just don't like sales. Neither one of us <laughs> like sales very much, right? Um, but we talked about what's the story that we have tied to that. And as you can figure out the story, you can start to really kind of change the story. Yes. So I think if we're summarizing all of this, if you realize that there are areas of your life that you are having some self-sabotage, and maybe that's it manifests as procrastination because it's something you really don't want to do, so you just keep putting it off. That can be a signal to you, hey, I need to look and ask myself, what are the beliefs that I have about this activity? Um, and then if you you know, get that far, then asking yourself, well, hey, do I believe that I can keep growing throughout life? You know, do I have that growth mindset? Am I the lifelong learner? And if so, then just pick one easy new habit that the kind of person you want to become who gets the results you want would do. And I think just staying with that easy plus one, you just do what's easy and you take one little baby step. Then before long, you'll be like the marathon runner who looked back and said, well, I reached my goal. I didn't quit. Right. And like that, what I read from the BBC, that person who 12 years ago bought the colors for their uh, bathroom but still hasn't painted yet. Well, maybe you just don't need to do that job. Maybe you just need to hire somebody. Even if they don't do it, even if they don't do it great, you know, hire a, hire your kid or whoever to go do that job. Because we have actually done that several times. We're like, we're just going to have to outsource this. We have too much going on. This is needs to get done, but it's not a priority for our lives right now. Um, and so you might find when you bump in, just, I think what you, your point of just becoming self-aware, like just becoming, hey, I am stuck here. Do I need to like suck it up and kind of figure out how to work around this or outsource it. <laughs> Always outsource. Thank you all so much for taking time to listen and hang out with us. We would love to hear your stories that are tied in with self-sabotage or procrastination or how you beat the whole thing because you've got that growth mindset. You can connect with us on Facebook. You can connect with us on our website, lsfpodcast.com. But most of all, we want to remind you that you are valuable and what you do matters. Have a great day. Thank you.